Welcome to Love Your Family again and again and again and again, the podcast where we focus on parenting with love and clarity. I'm Dr. Marcy, a family culture expert who for over 20 years has been helping parents to create happy and strong families. Today, I am so excited to welcome my dear friend Gary and chat about your family today. Welcome. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Dr. Marcy. So happy to be here. I know you reached out with a specific question for us to chat about today, but before we get into that, I know all the members of your family, but our fabulous listeners don't. So tell us a little bit about the wonderful humans that make up your family. Alrighty then. So uh, we are a happy family of four. Uh, I'm married uh, to my wife, Courtney. Uh, we've been together as a couple since um, 2002. So we've been together for a hot minute. Uh, we've been married since 08. Um, we didn't have our first, we waited a bit um, to have kids, you know, just to just be with each other. Uh, we had our, our first uh, Garrett uh, in 2017. Uh, so he's five, he'll be six um, in March of this year. Um, and then another five years passed. Um, it wasn't planned this way. Just that's just how it, uh, worked out. And then we had Cameron in August of 2022. So, um, yeah, that's our beautiful family. Uh, what else you know about us? Um, we're in a racial, um, you know, mix, uh, family. Uh, I am, uh, black, uh, my wife is Caucasian. And then, yeah, we have our two lovely boys. I love it. And rumor has it, after the 20 years, 20 plus years that you and Courtney have been together, you still are in love and you still like each other. <laughs> yes, that's not just a rumor. That is, that is, that is a fact. I can confirm that. Yes. Uh, I love when we confirm rumors. Amazing. So. You are very good at bringing in joy and happiness. So I want to know, what is your favorite thing to do with your family? Favorite thing? Um, I feel like we're developing new rituals and routines, you know, since we had Cam uh, over the last six months. Uh, just because, you know, just like when you have an infant and, and being in the sort of stage that we're all in as a society, you know, trying to come through a pandemic, you know, things have changed. Uh, Lately, it's been um, just having, you know, the free time of all four of us um, and just being around each other, whether we're snuggling, watching uh, a cartoon um, or, uh, you know, we're watching Garrett make Cameron laugh. Uh, that's yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um, we haven't been too many places as a full family unit, um, but um We've started recently. We we had a we had a great outing at a restaurant for Courtney's birthday recently. That was Cameron's first time in a restaurant, um, which was exciting. So yeah, we're 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 slowly uh, thawing out and coming out. Um, go like pre Cameron, uh, we love to go to the beach. As Garrett's one of Garrett's happy spots uh, is going to the beach, um, and so we haven't been there with Cameron yet but we have a feeling he might like it better than Garrett's first time. <laughs> Garrett didn't like it at first, uh, but, uh, but he definitely likes it uh, more now. Okay. I want to hear about the first family outing to the beach because that's one of my happy places. I share that with Garrett. So I'm hoping that Cam loves it too, because it is a delightful experience to 
play in the sand and watching little kids at the beach for the first time is like magic. Yes. I love that one of your favorite things to do with your family is just have time together. Yeah. Why not? That might be a new activity that I start talking about. Just have time together. All right. So now that we know the good things, let's chat about some of the hard things. Yes. All right. Where should we dive in? This episode, this podcast episode started because you're a dear friend of mine and you texted me and you said, my son came home and said something to me yesterday and I didn't know what to say. Please help. Can we talk about it? Yeah, it's one of those things. So uh, Garrett's in kindergarten um, and with kindergarten comes all kinds of new experiences and also like to preface it um, prior to that, he spent a good part of you know, indoors, just with us. <laughs> um, and so um, it was a, a bit challenging at first. Uh, we we tried to put him in preschool for a little bit before kindergarten. Uh, and and then, you know, that was like about three or four months. And then um, kindergarten happened. And it was right after his baby brother was born. So a lot of change, short period of time. Uh, but Gary's the type of person that is really good at making friends. And he really loves to be part of a group. Um, and so it was more challenging, I think, just him being away from us and missing us. Um, but he, you know, started talking about, uh, you know, the the kids in his class that are his friends. Um, but I do know that he's the type that, yeah, he he wants to fit in. He's like, oh, what what are they doing? How do you know? How do I do that? This is, you know, this makes me happy doing that. And so when he came home and he said this, I'll mention what he said in just a moment. I was a little bit taken aback um, because the thing he said was, he said. Uh, dad, my hair and my skin is not cool. And my, yeah, my heart just sunk because, um, my, yeah, my son, Garrett, he, his, as far as his hair, his hair has never like been officially cut. Uh, it's been like sort of trimmed. So it's these curly little locks, um, and very springy curls. Uh, it does take a lot to maintain, you know, I'm not going to lie. Um, and he is not always excited to get his hair done, especially getting ready for school. Um, however, um, we do remember, uh, you know, a few times like when we either put it in a, a little uh, bun, you know, just to keep it up for a swim or the first time we did trim it and it was a bit short. He didn't like it. You know, he he you know, his identity was around, you know, him with his longer hair. And and he I remember a few times he would, like look in the mirror he's like, oh, yeah, there I am. You know, when is when it was out of the, you know, so that was something, you know, that's very near and dear to him um, and him not liking it short um, has been a big thing. So to have him first come, you know, home and say, you know, my hair is not cool uh, was a big thing, you know, um, and I knew it was probably a matter of time before, you know, he might have a different change in his hair. That is completely doable. You know, we can, you know, we could talk about what, you know, what, um, you know, what sort of style does he like? And, and, you know, and we can go with that. Um, you know, it, it may take a little bit of time for us as parents to get used to it. Um, but, you know, completely supportive if, you know, for changes like that. The thing that like really got me was, you know, when he mentioned his, um, you know, his skin is not cool. Um, and so he, uh, you know, being mixed, um, he is rather fair skin. Um, you know, um, he is a, you know, uh, I'm a little bit more on the caramel side and my wife, she is more on the fair, fair of the fair, um, you know, 
Snow White sort of side. Um, and so he uh, leans a little bit more sort of on the sort of fair side of the spectrum. Um, and I know a number of the kids, you know, that he plays with, you know, do have brown skin. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, that was the thing. And I was like, wow. All right. You know, the fact that he doesn't think that his hair is cool and his skin is cool was like a big thing. So my first question is, what did you say to him when he said that? Yeah. Um, well, after sort of picking my job <laughs> off the floor, um, you know, uh, I first was like, you know, almost like got defensive, like, what do you, what do you mean? You're, you know, you're cool. And then I started, you know, asking him like a little bit more probing. I focused more on the hair than the skin at first. I was like, um, you know, what about your hair? Isn't cool. Like, you know, what would you like? You know, I, uh, didn't really necessarily have an answer for it. Um, and the interesting thing with Gary, sometimes I think he just says these things and he just doesn't necessarily want to discuss it, but like they are, I, I don't necessarily think he, um, the, like as far as the gravity maybe not as much as it is for you know us as parents you know wanting you know the best and then we're just like oh. at first i'm like Who's that? where'd you get this from like, I'm like do i need to go down to this school you know i it, it if you ever seen um big daddy with adam sandler like back in the like was it late 90s early 2000s like we're this scene with adam sandler he's like with these little kids like you know giving them a stern talking to him like all right i'm not gonna be that parent uh but you know, I first, you know, started asking about the hair thing um, and he didn't really have an answer. So then I was like, all right, well, maybe he just needs more references. And I was like, I was asking, you know, I was like, oh, you know, Patrick Mahomes. So we're Kansas City Chiefs fans. Patrick Mahomes, he's a, you know, mix. Um, uh, he's part half black, half white. And he has curly hair um, like um, like Garrett. And he says, yeah, but his is short on the side. I'm like, OK, but it's curly, you know, <laughs> um, and then. Um, I have a niece, uh, who is 16 years old and she has her first serious boyfriend. And as much as I didn't necessarily want to bring this up, but I'm like, well, her boyfriend's name is Sean. Um, uh, he is, um, mixed race as well. And he has, you know, a lot of curly hair and I'm like, Hey, here's Sean. And I was like, he's cool too. <laughs> you know, but my main thing was to give him references, you know, maybe that was it. Like of like, he didn't necessarily see enough people like him. Um, so that was it. Like we, we stuck mostly with the hair thing. I, and then the skin thing, I was like, didn't really know how to address that, but I was like, Oh man, this must be a big thing. You know, if he's bringing it up and turns out he also brought it up with my wife as well. So it is definitely something he's thinking about if he, if he brought it up with both of us. Yes. Okay. I always think of things first and foremost, behaviorally of what does he need in order for him to feel good about himself? So this isn't how he's thinking about the world, right? So we're going to talk about that first. But then the second layer is the societal and cultural pieces that have led to that feeling. Because my guess is that there wasn't a kid at school who said, I don't like your hair. And so he, he has taken it in. But it's more the systematic racism that is part of our world that is where these thoughts came from. And so we have to make sure we're doing both. But we're going to start with how do we make him feel good about who he is in the world? Sound good? Yeah. Great point. What does he already love about himself? Well, it was his hair. <laughs> That's not there. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, well, he does. He likes that he can run fast. 
Awesome. Um, and he he talks about how strong he is. Okay. And how he can lift things now, especially his baby brother. He's very proud that he can lift his baby brother now. I love that. Oh, he's getting really good at uh, spelling things and sounding things out. Um, and so, yeah, he he does definitely like that. He's very proud of that. And his drawings, he draws all the time. And he has, like, yeah, little people and stuff that he draws. Um, um, yeah. Okay, awesome. I love all – so there's a variety of things. Yes, and he has good style, too. Like, uh, And so maybe I, this might be all part of this like because he's always conscious about, like, yeah, the outfits and stuff that he puts together. Like, if he wants to go somewhere, like, he's like, oh, um, I'm going to wear this outfit because they like this color or this, that, and the other. So, like, uh, when we went out to dinner for Courtney's, um, for Courtney's birthday, he had this, like, sort of matching hat with, you know, this matching shirt. Like, and then he wanted to wear these glasses. Again, like, he, he's very conscious about style and, and putting things together. So, So that piece of the style also makes me think of the language he used of, my hair and skin's not cool. So your style makes you cool, right? The right hat with the right shirt, with the right pants, or maybe no hat. All of those pieces I think of as defining someone as cool. So using that as a moment when he's wearing something that he feels really good in, pairing it with the language that he was using of, oh, you look really cool. How'd you do that? What did you specifically do so that he has to stop and think and reflect and be like, oh, yeah, this does look cool. And here's why. Same thing with the other things he's good at when he's drawing, when he's lifting his brother. And I laugh because, you know, rather than the weights like the rest of it, he just lifts people. So that's great. (laughs) But when he's doing those things. Part of it is pointing out that you that, yeah, you're doing something really great and hard and you're impressive. So it builds up that confidence, but also asking him about it so that he has that moment of self-reflection of, oh, I'm awesome. It's also a great moment to say, oh, you're so good at running fast. Wait, what else are you really good at? What else makes you amazing? So that it becomes this ongoing conversation, which becomes an ongoing conscious thought for him of, what am I really great at? What's great about me? What's cool about me? What's awesome about me? Not to get him to this place where he's like, I'm better than you because I'm this. But when we hear kids questioning who they are, we want to give them the tools to say, you're fabulous and amazing and beautiful and great and cool for being who you are. And once we have those skills, we can think about the bigger world around us. So how does that sound as a starting place for him to feel good? Would he go along with those exercises? Yeah, yeah. I I like that. And what I really yeah like of... And sort of piggybacking on the things that he's already good at and then giving him those probing questions to continue to think about. Yeah, because it's one of those things like as a parent, like when it's sort of brought up, like not in the moment, he like does like the thing that I thought would happen when he's a teenager. But here it is at five. He's like, oh, I want to talk about it. <laughs> but it seems like, you know, this would help um, because he's already in that sort of flow. Yes. When we feel good about ourselves, it makes it easier to feel good about ourselves. When we bring it up out of nowhere or when we bring it up as an answer to, I feel ugly today or I feel crappy today and being like, well, what's good about you? We're like, I'm, I can't answer. I can't do that. It's too much switching. But when we already feel good about ourselves, it's easier to build on that to be like, oh, 
oh, there are these other things I forgot to think about. And hopefully that also, by making it a conscious thought of, well, what else are you good at? It will then help shape how he thinks about himself rather than it just be accidental that he feels good because he did something in the moment. Want to make it intentional. It also makes it a familiar question so that when things are hard and you ask him, he has practice answering it with ease as opposed to it being out of nowhere. Yeah. Great point. So we want to make sure that he feels good about who he is in the world. Yes. Yes. I love that. Thank you. Aha. Uh-huh. So now let's talk about kind of where it came from and how do we face that for our kids? How do you address that with him? Which is a bigger, ongoing, more complex answer. And yet there's an answer, right? We will figure out the right combination of things. So first and foremost, what I already think that you are probably doing quite a bit of, but just to make sure, making sure there are models around him of beautiful people doing amazing things in the world of all shapes and sizes and colors and belief systems. So that when he looks at who are the people that are cool, he sees black people and brown people and tall people and short people and people with his hair and people with hair like yours, right? You have amazing dreads and him seeing someone with that that's not just dad, but out in the world doing things that he thinks of as cool, seeing people like that have mom's hair, right? So that the range becomes what it is because unfortunately, the truth of the matter is we live in a world where the majority of people doing quote unquote cool things still don't look like him. Good point. So building those models up. Yeah. Right. We did that last night. So we're, we're watching Moana and I don't know if you've seen Moana. Um, of course. Okay, just making sure. Uh, so there's a part early in the movie uh, when Moana's still on the island and she's trying to figure out like her place and everything and she's sort of acting, you know, as chief and whatnot. And then there's that little, little kid with the, with the, with the long curly hair and he's like doing the dance and he's like gives the look. and. And uh, we, we made sure to be both me and my wife, Courtney, we made sure to point it out like, hey, look at him. His hair is pretty cool. He sort of looks like you. Look, he dances cool like you, you know. But yeah, having more of those um, uh, examples. Yeah. For him to see. I think of Encanto and the kiddo that can shape shift, I think, has hair like Garrett's. Yeah. Right. But but pointing it out because it's easy to not see ourselves when we are the rare thing. So he might glaze right over that, but being like, hey, and not just saying, hey, he has hair like you, but being like, that's, that's super, he's super cool. Look at, look at what he can do. That's amazing. So you're highlighting the person that looks like him, not because they look like him. Well, because they look like him, but to Garrett, you're going to say, look at that amazing person doing super cool things. He'll say, oh, yeah, they are. Oh, they look like me. That's what will happen in the back of his head. Because we don't just want him to see people that look like him, but we want him to admire people that look like him. Yeah, great point. Yeah, so that's part of it. The second is, and at five, I don't know that he has the words or can talk about it, but asking him what, what would make skin cool or what would make hair cool. And it sounds like you did a little bit of that in your conversation with him. But what is it about skin that's cool? Like it's who we are. It's how we exist in the world. And we can have any color skin and be cool. 
we can have any kind of hair and be cool. And that be the messaging that you come from. But asking him, like, what would be cooler than who you are? Yeah. Right? So it's that both and of being curious about what he's going to share and what he knows. Because he might not know. He might just feel like he's wrong, which is a heartbreaking place to feel from your kid. But that might be the message he's absorbed from all of the places the kids absorb things. Or he might be able to say, because my best friend so-and-so is cool and they look like this. And then you can have a functional conversation. But if we don't know, we'll ask. But also simultaneously being like, cool is everybody. We all have potential to be cool. We all have potential to be amazing with every kind of hair, with every color skin. And so having more of that be the conversation. So that's the second thing I think about. The third one is just having open conversations that are age appropriate, which is a tricky thing, on an ongoing basis about race and equity, right? So you saying, oh my gosh, I went to this meeting and I was the only black man in the room. So that he gets that it's weird. He gets that it's disproportionate. Um, or, you know, Courtney saying, you know, we went to this play, we went to this play group, we went to this experience, and there were three other kids that were also from interracial families. It was super cool. So we highlight the good and the inequity and the surprise of how wonderful it is when we see the other people that are like our family, but that we also talk about the moments where it's hard and unfair. And while I know that you want to do everything to protect him, so we don't want to talk about all of the things that make it unfair. Letting him know that it is, is part of what will make him feel okay about who he is. Because when we just hide him, we're like, we're not going to talk about the fact that he's going to have harder moments than a friend who has lighter skin. It's not okay, but it's true, at least today. Yeah. And so saying that to him, you know, I've had moments where I felt that way. Well, not me because I'm white, but um, you, right? Or, you know, if you have friends, you know, I could talk to him about being Jewish and sometimes feeling out of place or like people aren't going to like me for that. Or talking about being queer, right? And that has made me feel strange in certain places and not welcome in certain places, right? So inviting your community of wonderful people to talk to him about, in five and six-year-old language, about their hard moments and what they did to overcome it. Because I, from knowing you, I know that you have not let your race, your anything, stop you from achieving the things that you want. Doesn't mean there weren't hard moments you had to get through, but you said, yes, and. Oh, look at you. That's what we want to teach Garrett. Love that. Right. So then welcoming in all of the conversations from all of the wonderful people in your community who are also of color and therefore have had moments where they felt discriminated and that hurt and have them sharing their story or from different religions or from different orientations of anything so that he gets everyone has a version of this story. Doesn't mean we're not cool doesn't mean we can't do amazing things, doesn't mean we're not the best, most magical, fabulous people ever. 
It just means we have to remember that we are. And so when I say have all these people come tell him stories, I mean like when they come over for dinner, they sit down and tell him a three-minute story. Oh, my gosh. There was this one time I thought that my hair was just too short to be a girl. And all my friends started asking me what was wrong with me because I cut it all off. And I was 30 years old. And I told them, I like it this way. (laughs) And they wanted to make all sorts of stories up about who went, who I was because of it. And I said, no, I like it this way. So I'm keeping it. And that's not nice. And you know what? They all said, okay. It was really hard. I like your hair, man. Got to go. Back to dinner. Right? So short and sweet stories, age appropriate where he starts to get that whether his hair is cool or his skin is cool is up to him to decide. Because right now, unconsciously, the world is making that decision for him. And that's not what we want. Because people will have opinions. And we only want him to listen to the ones that tell him how amazing and fabulous and incredible he is. And to let the rest go. What do you think? Yes, I love that. And I love, yeah, sharing, you know, having people just share, you know, age appropriate stories uh, just so that, yeah, whether he's getting it consciously or unconsciously, he's getting this repetition of like, oh, yeah, you know, people are different. Yes. And this is. This is something to ask of those who are your friends and family for the rest of your kids lives. Because talking about building up his own resilience of who he is to love himself is a lifelong journey, as we all know, because as adults, we still have those moments, but also facing the systematic racism that is part of how he ended up feeling this way takes a lifelong journey. So having it be that the people around you, you have talked to and you've said, I'd really love it if you could bring this forward for my kid. We want the hard conversations that make us better, stronger people. We know that's part of what we need to do. So we're going to have these conversations every week, every month in our family. We invite you to be part of that. Tell our kids your resiliency stories. And if we all started doing that, imagine how Garrett would then see himself. And then Cam maybe would never even question. Yeah. Right? If we start telling those stories to Cam now, Maybe those are the ones that will stick the most. Or when they have these questions and have these heartbreaking thoughts, they'll have a place to talk about it. Because it's not about denying it, it's about facing it. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that about all of this, uh, which is very promising, because as a parent, you know, when you send your kid off to school, it's the unknown. It's like, you have no idea, you know, what sort of conversations are happening, what, you know, and you want to hope for the best, but you know, being realistic, you know, some of them might not be the best conversations, but this is more in your control. And then it's more of like, all right, if you add more of these to the mix, you know, hopefully they outweigh those other things that you have no idea what's going to happen. Yes, exactly. We can't, we can't control what everybody else is going to say. We can't control what our kids are going to overhear in school or be told in school or experience. And as much as we would love to think that everyone around us is going to only do good, that's not true. But we can stack the deck in our favor. So the more you build up clarity around 
everyone is lovable. Everyone is capable of greatness. People of all different compositions do incredible things in this world. The more you teach him that in every way, the more that's going to be the loud voice in his head. But if we haven't taught our kids anything, if we're not talking about it, then these other voices can seep in. And we don't want those other voices to seep in. We want it to be loud enough that it's everyone can be amazing. Love is love. We can do hard things, right? Pick your, pick your family phrases. And maybe it is that. Maybe you and Courtney sit down and say, what are our three family mottos? And make sure that one of them is around racial equity. Not with those words, because that's hard for a yeah. five-year-old to digest, but with yes. that concept so that you make sure you put it on a poster, just like you have other posters that say amazing thing all around your house, like the believe one that is behind you right now, put them around your house, have them be reminders on your phone. So they, you say them to your kids all the time, right? I have in my kitchen, I have a sign that says, you are amazing. Remember that. I also have a sign that says we can do hard things. Because those are the things that I need to make sure I remember. Yes. Putting up signs that say, everyone is amazing, might be what he needs. Or whatever version feels right for your family. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, some other things that are your particular flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, like this, <laughs> this year, uh, one of our sort of family themes is, is uh, do your best. I love that. So what did you do recently that was your best? I went out and I, I worked out, um, even though I was a little exhausted uh, because, you know, we had been sleeping well uh, with sicknesses and stuff like that. But yeah, it was 20 minutes. It was my best. That is, you, you went out and got there. There's one workout I do where the instructor always starts every, whatever workout it is, always says, you already did the hard part because you showed up and you're here. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I did. I did. I showed up. So you are used to family mottos. So now we just need to add in a couple around this so he can learn that everyone's beautiful. And his hair is fabulous. Yes, it is. He just needs those reminders. Yeah. Are there other pieces to smooth out still? No. Yeah, I think the sort of learnings here is, is reinforcing that... Um, you know, cool is what you make of it. Yeah. And he can be very pragmatic at times. So helping him uh, realize that, that yes, this person or group of people, um, you may see them as cool. You want to emulate them exactly. Um, and just know that cool comes from, yeah, the things that you wear, you know, your attitude, you know, how you act um, is not necessarily, it's not, your skin color, you know, and, and things like that. So just reinforcing that uh, for him. I love it. All right. Well, you already did our, your one takeaway. So I am just going to thank you so much, Gary, for being here and having the open and brave conversation because this is a big conversation to have. And I am grateful that you reached out and trusted me with it. So thank you for being here. Yes. Well, I appreciate you, Dr. Marcy. Thank you for holding the space uh, and bringing your uh, effervescence uh, energy, like always. Of course. My honor.
And thank you for listening. I know your time is precious and limited. I'm grateful that you shared it with us today. What's your one takeaway? Just one small step can make a big difference. Make sure you know when new episodes come out by subscribing here and joining my mailing list at drmarcy.com backslash podcast. Do you want to be a guest on a future episode of Love Your Family again and again and again and again? Then go to drmarcy.com backslash podcast guest and let me know. Finally, do you need individualized help for your family? Then go to drmarcy.com backslash contact and connect with my team to learn how we can help you. Remember, blue skies are ahead and we're going to get there together.